Every year I know we gonna go hard. We been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will Good evening and welcome into Lombardi's Legends Podcast. I am Wags. And joining me as always is Dane. Uh, we are going to preview week three tonight, our big matchup. Packers making their home opener finally at Lambeau Field here in week three against the New Orleans Saints. They're coming in two and oh. So Dane, this is going to be an interesting matchup. And I think the Saints certainly a, a team that we've had some big battles with over the years, but I think this game, as we get into the previews and the matchups here, is probably going to look a little bit different than going back over the years with uh, Aaron Rodgers versus Drew Brees. And, and this is, this might be a little bit of a different look and feel this week. But first of all, Dane, before we get into that, how are you doing this evening? Wags, I'm doing great. Uh, happy Thursday evening to those joining us live and everybody else listening. Uh, happy weekend, probably Friday, Saturday before the big game on Sunday. Doing great. Um, you know, excited, excited for this game. Not going to lie. I think it's, it's a good barometer. It's very interesting uh, mindset. I think going into some of these early season games post Aaron Rodgers, because I'm going into it. Obviously it's paramount that we win. I'm never going to, I'm not satisfied unless Packers are winning, but I also want to see where we're at. And the, I think the, the Saints have a present a really unique and interesting challenge, but they're coming to our house at Lambeau Field. And I'm really, really excited to see uh, what this Packers team can do. So I'm feeling good. I'm watching the injury report closely, Wags. And uh, I know that we were just chatting offline about the injury report. And I think the big news is um looked like Aaron Jones was at least a partial participant. So what do you make of that? And what do you make of some of the rest of the injury, injury report on, on this uh, Thursday evening? Yeah, I think certainly that's the trend that we wanted to see was I was circling today for practicing for Aaron Jones. I, I didn't really think he would go yesterday, give him that extra day on Wednesday. So he comes back and, and he's out there. We'll see how he's feeling tomorrow. Certainly um we can touch on Christian Watson here in a second, but practice yesterday didn't today. So I don't know if that was a setback or he just didn't feel like the hamstring responded or was quite where he needed it to be. Um, so hopefully Aaron Jones made it through fully healthy today and is trending towards being back on Sunday uh, because we saw last week uh, against the Falcons, it was a struggle to get that running game going consistently. So we need Aaron Jones out there. Um, and it's not all on, on AJ Dillon. Uh, if Aaron Jones isn't ready to go, we talked in the post game recap about perhaps giving Emmanuel Wilson some additional carries. Um, so we'll get into all of that a little bit more once we get into the discussion on the offensive preview. But I think starting off, just looking at the injury report and the update on Aaron Jones, it's got to be encouraging that he appears to be trending in the direction of being ready to go here on Sunday. Yeah, no, I, you know, we're always watching that, right? We're always taking a look at um, who's going to be available, who's not. Thursday's a huge indicator. Friday's a, another big day, but Thursday when they're out there before walkthrough is just, a, is always a massive indicator, I think. And that's why uh, the Christian Watson on the other side of the coin is something that I, I, I also, 
pay pretty close attention to and, and today. So Christian Watson was a limited participant in practice yesterday. Unfortunately, today did not practice yet again. And Wags, I think that that means he's probably another week away. Um, I don't expect Christian Watson to go on Sunday. Um, you know, some of the other guys I'm a lot more optimistic about that were limited participants. We'll go down that list, but I just, uh, what, what do you make of it? I, I just, I don't see a scenario where Watson at this point plays this week. Uh, hamstrings are so finicky to begin with. I think we, we much more likely see him starting next week. Yeah. And unfortunately, I hate being right, but last week I predicted he would miss at least the first three weeks of the season. That's what we saw last year with the hamstring injury. Certainly it felt like last year it was more significant, especially considering he had, uh, off season surgery on, on an unrelated, uh, leg issue. I, I'm not recalling specifically what that was, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's two years in a row. Christian Watson misses at least most likely the first three weeks of the season. Hopefully he's able to get through this. And if he's not able to go Sunday, it's a, a week four return for him. So we need him out there. Uh, this offense has been pretty good so far without him, but certainly he's supposed to be the number one guy. They're deep, they're a true deep threat, and um, some of the things that he can do to really stretch the defense, not only horizontally but uh, vertically as well in, in some of the end arounds. And some of, we've been able to get Jaden Reed, I think, in some of that role. We we saw Dontavian Wicks take uh, a little bit of that role last week. Um, Samari Toure to a, a much more limited extent, uh, but you want your number one gun out there and Christian Watson, and then everyone else can kind of slide in behind him. So hopefully I'm wrong and he is able to get out there tomorrow and, and feel good enough to get uh, the uh, green light to go on Sunday. But I would agree with you, Dane. I think it's clearly not a good sign when a guy goes out there after missing two games on a Wednesday practice and then does not go the next day. That's that's not the trend that you're looking to see. That's not the direction that you're looking to see. So I would agree on most of the other limited guys, uh, particularly on the defensive side of the football. So, Dane, I really want to focus maybe on the offensive line. Um, and this might be a segue to get into the offensive preview as we talk about some of the injuries up front. So you said before we jumped on, what are we going to do at offensive line, we saw a surprise with David Bakhtiari not going last Sunday. Uh, we didn't talk about that at all, and so we maybe we should talk a little bit about that. We've talked ad nauseum about the David Bakhtiari situation for the last two years. So on the one hand, there's not a whole lot else to say, but on the other hand, it's relevant. So we 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 got to talk about it a little bit. Um, and then certainly, I think with Elton Jenkins, it doesn't appear that he's going to play this week. I'd be very surprised if he plays this week. Uh, but as you pointed out, they didn't IR him, uh, which was a little bit of a surprise to me. And I think probably to most Packer fans, given the nature of a MCL sprain, it can be significant degrees. Uh, but I, I think it's safe to say that we're not going to have Elton Jenkins this Sunday. Maybe he's able to return in a week or two. Uh, but without, without Elton Jenkins this Sunday, David Bakhtiari, kind of an unknown, Dane, I'm going to give you the first crack at trying to figure out how the Packers are going to line up with their offensive line on Sunday. Yeah, Wags. I mean, so, you know, remember before the, the season started, folks were like, oh, man, maybe the Packers could trade Yash Nyman and get something out of him. 
This is why you don't trade the Ash Nyman. Um, this is why you need to be deep in the NFL. It's week three, and we're already talking pretty significant offensive line reshuffle. Um, so there's a couple of different routes I think the Packers could go, and I'll be curious to see what they did now. In-game last week, on, on, on short notice, they decided uh, on the left side, it, they, they knew ahead of time Rasheed Walker was going to be playing that left side of the line at the left tackle spot for Bakhtiari. Left guards where it gets a little bit more interesting. Um, the, the, I, I really see two real options for them. Number one is to, to roll out kind of what they did last week, which would be Royce Newman playing the left guard slot. And, you know, for, for all of the criticism Royce has taken sometimes by, by us and, and certainly by me, uh, in the last couple of years, I thought he performed pretty well, uh, along the offensive line, all things considered last week. Um, I didn't think that he was no, noticeably worse off than anybody else, I guess I should say, along the offensive line. So you could go, you know, assuming Bakhtiari doesn't go, Rashid Walker on the left and then Royce Newman left guard. And then you go across the, the, the line the, the rest of the way that you had with Zach Tom playing right tackle. The other option, of course, is you bump Zach Tom, who can do anything, into the left guard slot. And then you move um, Yash Nyman over to the right side. So you have Rashid Walker, uh, left tackle, uh, Zach Tom, left guard, um, Myers at center, Runyon at right guard, and then Yash Nyman at right tackle. Um, so you're moving things around a little bit more, but theoretically you're, you're getting two true tackles in there. And then, I, I, you know, potentially a little bit stronger in the interior of that offensive line if you go with that guard spot with Zach Tom. So I think those are the two options that the Packers truthfully have if Elton Jenkins is is not only this week but going forward um what they do and you know if if I if I was coaching staff wags I think you got to put Yash out there at that right side and I think you got to put Rasheed Walker out there in the left side and bump Zach Tom in and the reason I'm saying that is this isn't a one-week injury probably for Elton Jenkins this is a longer-term injury and if that's going to be the case I think you got to get your best offensive tackles out there and your best five out there and I just Yash Nyman is better than Royce Newman. So you got to get him out there and play and you get your best five out there and try to find some cohesion that way. I know the Packers don't necessarily want to be shuffling the offensive line all around, um, but I think you got to go with the best tackles you have, the best guards you have, and just get the best front five for for Jordan Love and, and, and treat this like week one of maybe a, a multiple week solution until you get Elton Jenkins back, because I, I'm not really worried about Zach Tom getting kicked back out. I really do think he kind of reminds me a lot of Elton Jenkins. He can play across the offensive line very admirably. Um, so uh, it's not ideal because I think Zach Tom's played really strong at right tackle. Um, but based on everything that I'm seeing, I think you got to kick him inside and put Yash at that right side. Um, what, what's your take though on that? I mean, do you agree with that or, or do you, do you think that maybe they plug and play Royce Newman and you, you keep Yash on the sideline this week? Yeah. I, I think it's interesting with the way that this offensive line has, I, I don't want to say struggled, but not necessarily lived up to our expectations or their billing in the run game. I, from that respect, Yash Nyman is, is one of their better uh run blockers uh, on this offensive line uh whether he's out there or not uh you, you can you can name Bakhtiari and and Jenkins and throw him out there but Yash is I think and still in the top 5 as far as a run blocker uh and he's been solid as pass blocker as well uh so from that respect um I think that's an interesting scenario now one of the things that I I didn't 
totally understand the rotation last week with having Rashid Walker out there and then rotating Josh Nyman in. And it seemed like there was also some snaps where both of them were in there because they were doing their, uh, you know, trying to get an extra offensive lineman out there for a blocker. Um, so it's it, it just interesting. It didn't seem to help get that run game going that much. Um, so whatever they were trying to do with the personnel, it, are they going to repeat that? One thing you didn't mention at all was Sean Ryan, uh, who's technically listed as the backup left guard, uh, on the depth chart. Now they went with Royce Newman. Guys got more experience, started a bunch of games his rookie year, as you said, has been a little bit up and down and, and much maligned by a lot of Packer fans. Uh, but I thought he, you're right. He acquitted himself. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't say he had a phenomenal performance, but nobody on the offensive line uh, really had a phenomenal performance last week against the Falcons. So, um, it, I think at the end of the day, um, you, you want continuity. So I really feel like Zach Tom stays at, at right tackle. Uh, he's, his strength is pass protection. And the last thing you want to do is start shuffling guys around. And this is a Saints team that maybe isn't um, at the level they've been in a couple of past seasons uh, in terms of getting after the quarterback and the pass rush, but they're still pretty darn good at that. And so I just don't want to play with food and move perhaps your best pass blocker in Zach Tom uh, at a critical position. It's not the quarterback's blind side, I'll grant you, uh, but let's keep him out there. Uh, he's got, he can be solid on that side of the line and I'm comfortable with what we've seen, uh, certainly, um, from Walker on the left side. Uh, it seems like he's locked down and, and, and earned that backup left tackle position if Bakhtiari is unable to go this week. Um, and, and then I, I, I guess I wouldn't mind seeing, um, if, if Royce Newman is going to make the start, so be it. Um, but, if he struggles at all, I think you got to put um, uh, the young man in, in, um, in, in I'm sorry, in uh, Sean Ryan in there. He had a really good preseason. Um, so I, I would have a short lease with Royce Newman. Uh, but perhaps part of it is because he's a little bit of a run blocker than a pass blocker as well. So at least if you've got Royce Newman out there um, in the area that they really need to solidify, which is the run game. Um, that might be kind of the thought process that the offensive coaching staff has as they try to piece this together. So um, long and short of it, Dan, I really hope Bakhtiari can go, and, and that segues into that discussion. Um, but although we can't count on it, I, 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 it's an interesting situation. I thought we had put this behind us, um, and I'm not going to put my tinfoil hat on because we've seen enough of that uh, with our fellow Packer fans. But the, the truth of the matter is, and I'll just say this, the Packers did not handle the communication, and David Bakhtiari did not handle the communication of his injury uh, uh, going into last week well at all. Um, Bakhtiari spent all week on Twitter criticizing the NFL on playing surfaces. Meanwhile, he, you know, if his knee had inflammation and he thought he wasn't going to go, you got to be able to put two and two together and know that there's going to be some questions raised uh, if that's really the case. Okay, so I, all respect to David, love him as a player, but this whole troll thing and just, you know, being out there and 
the deflection attack, the, the uh, media, it's just not a good look uh, at all. Um, and I would say this, um, I think Coach LaFleur got thrown under the bus a little bit, but he's got to be better at handling that situation from a communication standpoint as well when he goes up there and gives his press conference, understanding there's going to be questions. Uh, so that should not have blindsided him at all. Uh, but the story changed from Sunday to his press conference Monday to David Bakhtiari talking with the media extensively on Wednesday. Um, Bakhtiari was listed as NAR-REST all week, not injury-related re- veteran rest, all week last week on the injury report. He was never listed with a knee, and then he gets the questionable designation Saturday, so clearly they knew something was happening at that point, uh, and then it's announced that he doesn't play. So if it's an injury, why is it listed as not injury-related rest? Uh, I'm not going to kill them on this whole injury report and get into the technicalities of that, but that's not adding up to me, Dave. Uh, so something wasn't adding up there, and I don't think we're getting the the, the full truth uh, and the full transparency to start. I know David Bakhtiari's knee is a problem. I get it. We've talked about it. He's got a chronic knee issue. I've been saying that for two years. He's got to decide whether he wants to go out there and play on Sundays. And if he can't go, I get it. I'm not going to kill the guy for that. But I just don't really understand why the Packers continue to play this cat and mouse game uh, about whether he's got an injury or he doesn't and what the truth is of, of the situation. If he's not going to play on turf, I know that they're trying to probably protect David. If that's really true, if that's that's the concern, they're probably not going to come right out and say that. Uh, but something isn't totally adding up, and and I just wasn't real pleased as a fan of the team and, and as as we're covering the team uh, with how they handle that situation from PR and communication standpoint. I'm not killing David about the fact that his knee probably was problematic and it was, was bad enough that he wasn't able to go. Uh, but the Packers have had two years to figure out how to handle and communicate this better so that these conspiracy and questions aren't continuously being raised when it comes to David Bakhtiari. So, Wags, with all that said, I couldn't agree with you more, by the way. Well said. I have nothing to add. Very articulate. Um, Is David playing 11 games for the Packers this year? Over, under, 11 games. What's your blind shot? Because right now I have no idea what's going on with the box knee. I have no idea if dude's going to play. So what's your your gut feeling knowing full well that this is a complete shot in the dark way? Well, I'd have to say under, and not just because of the knee, but, I mean, he missed three other games last year with an appendectomy, which sucks. That's, like, not something that you think is going to happen. But the NFL, there's lots of other things that could cause them to get hurt and miss games. So the fact that he's already kind of in this back-and-forth, is he, won't he situation, and we're going into week three, is tells me that if it's 50-50, this isn't going to get better. They already have been holding him out of practice. So if it's getting inflamed and he's limiting activity during the week and they're not even practicing him, then I don't know how we can really count on the idea of David Bakhtiari being out there consistently and all of a sudden he has a 12-week stretch where he's able to play every week. Uh, again, not killing the guy. Um, but he, he's phenomenal when he's out there. That's the crazy thing is he doesn't need to practice. But I really felt like the plan was going into this season, the Packers decided we're not going to practice him all week because why risk running him out there, even in a limited capacity, on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and all of a sudden 
he gets inflamed in the knee from that activity. Let's just keep him rested, sidelined, and ready to go for Sundays. And then if there's inflammation in the knee, hopefully over the course of the week, we can control that, rest it, and he'll be ready to go for the following week Sunday. Uh, that seemed like that was going to be the plan. Uh, apparently, if that was the case, then it didn't get better for week two uh, between the inflammation that may or may not have occurred after week one. But then, Dane, I go back to the question, and I, I don't want to get stuck on this technicality and friend my lawyer had on. Then why wasn't he listed with an injury? all week on the injury report. So if the inflammation wasn't from the game, I asked, and it wasn't from practice, I asked you, Dave, when did it happen? Like, is it possible that he can just be walking down the stairs and his knee can work up? And and that's like what can happen when you turn old and you've got chronic injuries? I get it. Maybe that's all that it is. And that's fine. But just tell us that then. I that's That's what I don't understand is why all this secrecy and this back and forth and, you know, this miscommunication, I, I, I just, that's what doesn't add up. And I think that's what adds to a lot of the frustration of Packer fans. And, and frankly, uh, it's clearly a frustration for Coach LaFleur, uh, because he's been very short, uh, in the last couple of seasons when he's been pressed on these types of questions when it comes to Bakhtiaris. So whatever's going on, I can tell you they're trying to protect David. I get it. He's got a knee. I'm not questioning the injury. But there's more to the story, and and that's that's what I think everybody with a half a brain can put two and two together, and, and that's what causes a lot of the frustration and a lot of the conspiracies. So this is this I'm loving this. So so um you know we're we're seeing traffic coming in on our Insta Live, our Facebook, everywhere. Our boy Kevin, Kevin Matthews, what's up, brother? Um, so last question, uh, and I want to bring it up because he brought it up in the comment section, and then. Um, well, we can move back towards the game uh, at hand, but um, is it time to move on from Bach? And we'll be talking a lot about that down the road, I'm sure, too. But, you know, at what point is it time to move on and and just have somebody that you can rely on? You mentioned Wright. He's phenomenal when he's out there. It's it's freakish how good he was in week one. Um, but But, you know, at what point do you just have to cut tie and just have somebody that you, you know, you can rely on week in, week out? Well, that's a great question. Dane, do you want to see if Rashid Walker is the left tackle of the future? I do. I'm because asking I, you I that think question. Be. And, and, and yeah. that's the thing. So I, I legitimately think Rashid Walker is a starter in this league. I think that Rashid Walker is starting left tackle for the Packers in 2024. That's my honest assessment on this. And I think they're going to take a long look at him at some point this season. So I'm of mind, why not start sooner rather than later? Um, because I think this is a team that's building towards a 2025 season where they could be really, really damn good. I think this year they're working out the kinks. Next year, they're going to ascend. I think 2025 is a golden opportunity, not only from a, a financial standpoint, looking at kind of cap number stuff, but also youth and where they're involved. I'm not sure what happened with Yash Nyman and it, it, with the Green Bay Packers, because you and I really have enjoyed Yash Nyman over the years. And I, I still think that he's a starter in this league, but Packers love Rashid Walker. I think that he's the future of left tackle, so I'd love to get a good long look at him over the course of a number of weeks back to back to back so he can build on success. Yeah, it's 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 a complicated question because you've also got the locker room and David is clearly one of those guys, I assume, in the locker room that's gonna be highly respected. He's all pro level player. I'm sure there's probably some teammates that are 
maybe saying, why can't this dude get out there? Why, you know, I mean, that's a teammate thing. They're not going to come out and say that. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's tough because you don't want to send the wrong message to your team. It, it, it both sends the right and the wrong message depending on how and when you do it. So I think it's a, a fine line. Um, you know, certainly you want to make sure that players understand that you're putting your best uh, team out there. And, and that's the expectation every week. Yes, there's that next man in mentality. And I'm sure there's lots of guys that are in Rashid Walker's corner, but understanding that David Bakhtiari is the cornerstone left tackle uh, when he's going to be out there. So I don't think you can just throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, David, screw it. Like, if you're healthy enough to play, too bad. We're just going to play Rashid Walker uh, at this point. Now, if you if we get to week 12, week 14, somewhere in that range, and depending on where the Packers are at and how many games David's played and, and what his, you know, uh, health is, you know, those those are all factors. Now, I certainly hope the Packers are right in the thick of things and competing for the NFC North division title. But we have to see how this season unfolds and shakes out uh, because uh, I'm not rooting for us to just say, oh, let's just shut it down and move on to the younger guy. Um, I, I think we do want as much as I appreciate your enthusiasm for Rashid Walker, Dane, uh, because I agree. I think he's got a bright future. Uh, he's got to earn it to me. And, and he, so right now he's not the better player than David Bakhtiari when they're both able to go out there on Sunday. Um, and uh, it, it's, I don't think it's just a foregone conclusion that you go into next off season and say that he's definitely your lockdown left tackle. There's got to be competition there. Um, so it, it's, it's a, it's a good problem to have as far as having that young talent there ready to step in. Uh, but I don't know that this is the right time to say, let's move on unless David literally can't have a healthy knee. Uh, then maybe he needs to consider whether this is the time to hang it up. Um, until David's ready to make that decision and decide that he can't play consistently on Sunday, um, then I, I think he's got to be the guy that you're looking at. Um, or if he has, hopefully he doesn't have any other health issues. But for the time being, I think we're going to be interested to see what we got on Sunday. If David doesn't go, the scenario you talked about uh, with uh, Walker out there at left tackle, and then just kind of see how everything slots in from there. So, Dane, I think we should move then into, we spent a lot of time on this injury, but that's a key component of this week against the Saints, right? Because this is a, a really good defense in the Saints. So let's let's talk about some of the key matchups. Um, so I'm going to kick that over to you then. And, and why don't we continue talking about this Packers offense? Uh, we've seen some good things from Jordan Love in, in the past game, uh, even sans Christian Watson. It looks like if we have Aaron Jones back this week, that'll be another key weapon. But this is a Saints defense that is very similar to the Falcons. Uh, they like to be play aggressively, shoot gaps. Their head coach, Dennis Allen, is known as a defensive coach. Uh, and uh, they play uh, trying to be disruptive uh, in terms of both the run game and the pass game. So uh, they're going to have some, I think, similar looks to what the Falcons did last week. I think they're going to try to ramp up some of the pressure on Jordan Love a little bit more than we've seen in the first couple weeks of the season. Um, so what can we do, Dane, this week to get that run game going and maybe release the pressure valve a little bit uh, and, and even things out 
uh, to try to take some of that pressure off Jordan Love in this this past game. Yeah, Wags. I mean, so it's it's early in the season. Uh, we know that, but right now the Sang the Saints are are ranking. You know, I think they're allowing 16 points uh, a game, and that goes back to last season. I think we're nine or 10 games in a row here where they have not allowed a team over 20 points. Uh, they're, they're, they're also, you know, very, as you mentioned, extremely aggressive and, and they're very, very good defensively in the red zone. Um, they're, they're allowing touchdowns, I think just under 17% was the figure that I saw. So this is a Saints defense that gets after it. They get after the passer. Uh, they're very aggressive. And, you know, not only from a team perspective, but also when you start looking at individuals uh, along along the defense. And, and uh, you know, mind you folks, we're a Packer podcast. We're not a Saints podcast. Uh, so I'm not an expert on the Saints. I know the Packers, but I, I also know good players when I see them. And guys like Cameron Jordan, who just gets after it year in and year out uh, along the line. Demario Davis, their middle linebacker, somebody that's a tackle machine. Even Zach Vaughn, if you all remember him from his Wisconsin days, they got Mateo back there at free safety. And then Marshawn Lattimore, corner, an absolute ball hawk uh, for, for the New Orleans Saints. So they've got a lot of guys on this defense that I think can do some serious damage. And even some of the young guys up front, Wags, I've noticed Saunders and Shepard, in their interior, really good at getting pressure uh, up the middle, really good in their inside pass rush. So how do you stop it? It starts up front. Folks, it always starts up front in football. Uh, but we saw last week, I thought both sides of our line at times had real, real challenges. Obviously, the defensive line uh, made all the headlines after last week for the Packers, but the offensive line as well could not get the run game going. We were not able to get the easy yard. We were not able to convert on short third downs. Um, this week, Without Elton Jenkins again, it really is going to come and, and potentially David Bakhtiari, it's going to come down to these young guys. It's going to come down to finding the right five, whoever it does end up being. And they're going to have to be able to, to be able to not only get pushed at the line of scrimmage, get off the ball quickly because these guys are fast off the snap for the New Orleans Saints, but also they need to be able to communicate a little better. I saw miscommunication uh, along the offensive line a number of times last week where, um, you know, we saw missed blocks. And, and I'm not talking early in the game on that sack against uh, Jordan Love. I'm talking about later in the game. I saw some missed run blocks. I saw guys um, in the interior, uh, two of our offensive linemen, um, kind of doubling a guy when it was clear they should not be doubling the inside uh, defensive tackle for the Falcons. So there's some major miscommunication, I thought, at times last week. So we need to be a little bit more cohesive of a unit. This is an offensive line. You said it, Wags, and I couldn't agree more. Um, they have underperformed our expectations to start the season. Um, there's a lot of individual talent on this offensive line. Injuries be damned. We need to be able to find that cohesive unit. It starts with running the ball because if, if, if you allow and if Jordan loves forced to, to sit back there in the pocket and in known passing downs, this could end up being a very, very long day for the Green Bay Packers offense. They need to establish the run. That's why it's so massive that Aaron Jones was a limited participant in, in practice today. So even if we're getting 10, 15 snaps out of Aaron Jones, um, he completely changes the dynamic of this offense. And then we're going to need to rely on AJ Dillon and the rest of the run running backs to really help carry the load and, and pick up the yards that are blocked for them. Because last week, not only did the offensive line have some issues, but even when they were able to, I think, do their job, get some good push, we saw um, particularly A.J. Dillon had some difficulty running behind that line and getting the push that we expect him to get. So starts up front, 
Wags, it starts with the running game. Everything else will follow after that. Yeah, um, I think a couple of things that I would point out. Uh, first of all, um, we know some of the guys you've mentioned, but some of the standouts for the Saints, um, certainly up front, Cameron Jordan, it's a guy that most casual fans are going to be familiar with. But Carl Granderson um, lining up on the other side, uh, already has two and a half sacks this year, uh, multiple sacks in both games so far. So he's someone that uh, both of those guys can really cause problems on the edges. Uh, and then certainly uh, in the secondary, they've got a just a professional secondary. Uh, you, you look at Mark Sean Lattimore, one of the better cornerbacks still in this league. Uh, Tyron Matthew uh, is free safety. Uh, now, Marcus May uh, is their strong safety, is now suspended for the next three weeks. So he's not going to be playing this week against the Packers. But what's interesting about their safeties, Dane, is even though traditionally you think of the pre-safety as that deep cover guy, it's really Marcus May. Uh, they, they kind of inverse where Tyron Matthew, they like to kind of bring him up to cover more of the middle of the field on the defensive side. And uh, Marcus May has been more of the deep safety from a strong safety position uh, in their coverage scheme. So uh, it's going to be an interesting cat and mouse. Are the Packers going to be able to take some of those vertical shots in this game, even if Christian Watson isn't able to go? You saw that last week against the Falcons, and we had some success with it. Even though they weren't completions, we were able to force those pass interference penalties, big 40-plus yard penalties that the Packers got down into scoring position. So that could be something to really look for that could open up a little bit uh, in that run game if we've got to keep, if the Saints need to rotate uh, Matthew back a little bit more to help with a less experienced safety with May being out, uh, that could really open things, some things up at the second level. Uh, this linebacker crew uh, led by Demario Davis, again, been in the league a long time, uh, still one of the better uh, middle linebackers in this league, uh, but they like to shoot those gaps just like the Falcons did. And so to me, Dane, uh, this is another just bad matchup for A.J. Dillon. I, I hate to say it. I, I know A.J. Dillon got a lot of criticism last week, um, but it wasn't a surprise to you and I because it just wasn't a good matchup for his running style. And so did he have a great game? No. Can he play better? I think he can. Uh, is this a great matchup? It's not a great matchup for A.J. Dillon again this week. So if Aaron Jones isn't able to go or maybe doesn't get his full complement of, of running carries, um, you called it, let's maybe give Emmanuel Wilson a little bit of a longer leash. Does he get a few more carries this week? Uh, because he does have some of that cutback ability. Now, I'm sure he got coached up pretty significantly uh, when they were watching film about his not attacking the line of scrimmage on on, on his first carry uh, and just trying to make the most of, of a, a negative uh, play that uh, ended up with a seven-yard loss. Um, so he's, I'm sure, going to learn from that. But I think this might be a better matchup to give Emmanuel Wilson, if he's active on Sunday, uh, a few additional carries in lieu of A.J. Dillon. Uh, I, I'm I'm not going to give up on A.J. Dillon like some Packer fans have quite yet, uh, but um, there's going to be better matchups for him. But this isn't a good week for him again. So um, is he still going to be out there and have to be productive? Yes, uh, but I think we need some of that cutback ability. So uh, Aaron Jones certainly is the main guy that's going to give you that look at a different dynamic in the run game. 
Um, and I think he might be able to wiggle loose for some big gains if he's able to escape the, into that second level. Uh, but I, I think Emmanuel Wilson could be another guy that we give a few additional carries to if this offense is able to get some rhythm, get more plays, and, and get something going in the run game. I'd like to see this offense. So yes, yes. And I'd like to see Emmanuel Wilson out there again, um, and get some more carries. I, in the passing game, we talk about, you talk about this professional defensive back group for the Saints. They play really well together. Um, where I see potential uh, in this offense, something that we went away from after it was working early against Atlanta is I think that Jordan Love can find the tight end. Uh, particularly Luke Musgrave, uh, a little bit more consistently this week against the Saints. You, you mentioned, um, you know, the, the, the Wiley veteran in the middle there for, for New Orleans, and they, they are athletic. They're, they are good, but I just, I love the mismatch this week with Musgrave. Um, I, I, I look at, um, uh, Pete Werner and, and Demar Davis and Zach Vaughn. I just, I don't see a scenario where those guys uh, are able to keep up. Uh, in the same way with somebody like a like a Luke Musgrave, um, I thought that last week he was able to to really find the soft spot in the zone coverage. And when they went to man to man, he had a couple really nice plays, a couple really nice catches. I just like to see this offense work him in a little bit more, especially if Christian Watson's unable to go again this week, Wags, and if Aaron Jones is on a pitch count, we are limited in our weapons. It's just a reality, and we've also noticed. Um, you know, I just ask Christian Watts or Romeo Dobbs early last season, some of these more aggressive defenses against very youthful, young, uh, inexperienced wide receivers, they get jammed at the line of scrimmage. It gets really physical. It's hard for them to get off, um, uh, uh, you know, off the snap the same way. So, um, you know, how do you remedy some of that? I think it's a little bit of dink and dunk, but I think it really is Luke Musgrave can be that difference maker uh, in helping move the chains and being a big target in the red zone. So I'd like to see the Packers really try to exploit that a little more this, this week. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, Dane, um, whether Christian Watson goes or not. Um, is Romeo Dobbs going to have his hand full uh, if Marshawn Lattimore is lying across from him? Uh, and I, I love Romeo Dobbs, but I think that's probably a slight disadvantage in, in terms of matchups for the Packers. And so uh, it, that doesn't mean you necessarily throw him out of the game plan, but that's going to be a really difficult matchup for our young second year wide receiver um so if he's i don't want to say kind of taken out but um what what are some of the other looks that the packers can do in addition to musgrave um are are, are we going to continue to see a heavy dose of dontavian wicks and uh certainly with Jaden reed uh getting a, a lot of looks uh if christian watson isn't out there playing on sunday as well I think we have to. And, and, and in fact, I think Dontavious Wicks showed that, um, he earned the right, I think, to get a longer look yet again. He played a ton of snaps in the first game as well. Didn't get as many looks his way. Um, but he made a, some really nice plays. I thought last week being able to stretch the field. He's sneaky fast out there. Um, what, you know, that he doesn't look the fastest, I think, out of, out of his, uh, out of when he's running the route tree, but he can cook. And then Jaden Reed, your boy wags. A uh, heavy, heavy dose yet again. I think of Jaden Reed in the slot. Uh, he looks just, he, he's too dynamic and he's probably the best wide receiver mismatch, uh, against the Saints defense. Um, they're really strong on the outside where you can maybe find a soft spot is in that slot. And Jaden Reed, I think growing, moving him in motion again this week would be a really good option uh, for this Packers. I really liked what they were able to do with him last week, kind of moving him side to side pre-snap 
and showing some different looks there. But I, I, I really think Jaden Reed, if we're talking wide receiver, he's the guy to circle this week. You're right. Romeo Dobbs is going to have his hands full. They're probably going to give him the business. Uh, a little harder to do that against the slot guy. And that's where Reed can really, I think, exploit uh, some of the mismatches against the Saints defense. Yeah, for sure. So, Dane, any other thoughts um, in this offensive matchups versus this Saints defense before we move over to the Packer defensive let's side of the, the ball? D. I want to, yeah, let's talk a little bit about this defense because this was last week. We got to get that bad taste out of our mouth. What a, what a poor second half we saw from this Green Bay Packer defense. And, um, you know, uh, the big injury news, I think, uh, uh, offensively for the New Orleans Saints is our old pal Jamal Williams will very, very unlikely be playing this week. Uh, so, and with uh, Alvin Kamara uh, still out uh, serving part of his suspension, they're, they're definitely limited at the running back spot. So this is something that I, I want to take a really close look at, but it's going to start up front again. I want to hear your take, Wags, but this defensive line needs to play better. We need to get off the field on third down. Easier said than done. And Kenny Clark, if we could limit his, some of his snaps, last week I believe he played 61 snaps. That's way too many for a def- any defensive player, let alone a defensive lineman uh, of his size and ability. We need to be able to get him closer to the 40 snap range, I think, for him to be the most productive. But if we're not stopping the run, it's going to be another long game. It doesn't matter if it's in Atlanta, New Orleans, Green Bay. Got to stop the run against this uh, this front five of New Orleans. Well, we said it last week. Um we wanted Atlanta to throw the ball, and Packers rolled out like they were going against Drew Brees at quarterback last week. And so it's going to be interesting to see what kind of game plan uh, Coach Barry draws up for this Saints offense this week and uh, what kind of response we get. Uh, clearly, there was a, a lot of individual performances on the defensive side of the ball that did not go well last week. So it wasn't just scheme, uh, but from a performance standpoint, we, we need to see better from some of these guys as well, Partic- particularly your standout defensive players uh, like a Jair Alexander, a Devondra Campbell, um, Preston Smith's been pretty quiet so far this year. Um, so again, not, not trying to just call guys out, but those are the guys that, you know, we expect to, to really be leading the way on the defensive side. And, and when they have a struggle, uh, of a performance like they did last week as a whole. Uh, it wasn't like there was a lot of good. Uh, that's, that's not going to, uh, hopefully translate too well, um, into this week. So, Dane, that said, to your question and observation, yes, the Saints offensive line has given up quite a few pressures. Derek Carr has been sacked eight times so far this year in two games and against, frankly, two opponents that I don't really think are that strong. Um, and uh, so this this could play into the Packers' favor, but that's not going to matter if they're giving up five, six yards a pop in the run game again this week. Exactly. Um, Alvin Kamara, you said, is out. Jamal Williams, most likely with that hamstring. I would be pretty surprised if he's playing this week. But they've got this young kid, the rookie, coming in. Um, he might have some fresh legs uh, in Miller, and so – if he gets some carries and, and this Saints offense gets in a little bit of a rhythm and Packers are, you know, doing their two down defensive line look like they like to do and playing, uh, you know, a soft, uh, you know, shell coverage with, with their nickel package. Yeah. You're, they're going to go out there and run the ball. Uh, and guess what? They're going to get a lot of third and twos and third and threes. 
And that makes it a heck of a lot harder uh, for those guys to get after the quarterback. Uh, and uh, if that's going to be a passing down situation. So it doesn't matter that the Packers are amongst the lead leaguer, lead leaders. I'm sorry. In, in pressures in, in, in passing situations this year. Uh, as we saw last week against Atlanta in the first half, they were being disruptive in some of those situations. But as soon as Atlanta was able to start gashing us in the run game, uh, all bets are off. Uh, then, then you don't really have opportunities to get after the quarterback. So they need to be disruptive up front, play better, get off blocks with their, their deep down linemen. And, uh, we need to shoot and tackle better, uh, when we've got guys in the second and third level coming up to make a play. Uh, it's just, there's no, that's all there is to it. Because if we can't slow down a Saints running game that's missing their top two running backs, uh, I, I think this spells trouble, uh, for this Packer defense. So, um, I, that's the Saints. They've got some talented, uh, Chris Olave, a really talented player. Really good. I think Derek Carr's fine. Uh, I think he's a little maligned. He's, he can, he can play quarterback in this league. He's proven it. Um, I, I don't think his best years are ahead of him, clearly. Uh, but if you give him time and the, and he's got favorable down and distance situations, uh, he can get in a rhythm in a hurry. So uh, it, this is not a situation where the Packers can just roll out with a vanilla game plan. They need to get creative. They need to get, figure out some ways to, put their defensive playmakers in positions to be disruptive. Um, and uh, it's not just in passing situations. They need to figure out how to do it on first and second down and force offenses into more third down situations that they can uh, get those advantages. Uh, and this is this week, no different Packers have big advantage uh, in those uh, passing down situations, just like they did last week. But un- unless they can get into more of those situations, uh, they're not going to have the the number of opportunities they need to make an impact and be disruptive in this game. One rating one to ten. How comfortable? Ten being extremely comfortable. One being not comfortable at all. Are you or or how 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 much do you believe that Joe Barry is going to tailor this defense uh, to, to being able to stop the New Orleans Saints and not Team X, right? Like that he's actually going to have a game plan for this. You're, you're baiting me right now. You're trying to trigger me. I know what you're doing, Dane. Uh, so I, all I got to say is I, I'm loving, I'm just going to kind of deflect my answer. I'm loving, uh, Shadid on our Instagram right now, talking a lot about Jair Alexander. Uh, you're going to get a, a nice bounce back performance that shut down Chris Olave. I don't know if they'll completely shut him down, but I'm just going to go. I love that Shadid. Let's just talk about J- Jair Alexander. Our shutdown corner supposedly having a bounce back game this week and then everything else just falling into place from there, uh, with this defense and the, the Saints may be a little short handed in that run game. Uh, things are just, this is going to be a namaste moment for me. I, I'm not taking that bait, Dane. I, I'm just not going to do it. Um, well, well, here, here uh, let me ask you a different question. If if it were you coaching the team uh, on Sunday, would you pull an eighth guy into the box to try to stop the run and force David Carr to pass the ball? Or, uh, you know, how do you try to defend this offense if it's you? You've got to give your defense the ability to understand that you're confident in your strengths. We've got strengths in getting after the quarterback and strengths in the secondary. So why in the world are we so concerned with 
playing so much coverage against these teams that are not dynamic passing offenses. So, yes, I would. I would give help to the run defense until we're able to slow down opposing run game. I'm willing to risk that they might beat us over the top uh, because guess what, Dane? I, I think over the course of four quarters, uh, if we're going to be aggressive and we've got the talent to do that, this is how this defense is built. We're, we're built to have a strong secondary that's ball hawks that attacks, and we're built to have a defensive front that attacks and get after the quarterback. But if we don't give ourselves enough situations to go out there and do that, then we're just kind of in the middle. We're, we're not set up to do anything. We're, we're not giving ourselves opportunities to do what our players do best. And so that's my number one criticism there. Now you baited me into talking about my criticism of Joe Barry and his game plan because, uh, you know, I get it. You, you don't want to give up the big play in the passing uh, situation. This is a passing league as a whole. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you're facing Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow or, you know, name or, or Patrick Mahomes every week. When we face quarterbacks of that caliber, then let's talk about maybe playing some more coverage and being a little bit more conservative in order to not just get destroyed in the pass game. Uh, but when you're going against, uh, you know, uh, just average to below average quarterbacks and, uh, you know, you've got some one dimensional type offenses, uh, then we, there's really no excuse to me for how the Packers scheme and game plan for some of these opponents. Uh, so. Do I expect it to change? No. Uh, that's why I wasn't saying that it was going to change, Dane. But would I like it to? Sure. Uh, we did see a little bit of adjustment, to be fair, in the second half of last season with how uh, Coach Barry was utilizing uh, some of his players on the defense side of the ball, and the defense played better. So I, I don't understand why it takes these poorly schemed and poorly poor performances uh, for the, this coaching staff to figure out what they have. Uh, that's, that's, I think, the frustrating thing. Dana, I, you're, you're getting me into a lot of griping here today. I feel like I'm doing a lot of complaining, but, um, I, I'm just going to turn this back over to you though. Like if, if you're the Packers coaching staff, you don't want to just allow David Carr to, or Derek Carr, I'm sorry, to get in a, a rhythm. Um, he's got some weapons in this past game, but on the whole, if you can make them one dimensional and play into your strengths, that's how you're going to try to win these games. And that's what I don't see the Packers doing enough defensively. They seem to be just sort of vanilla and concerned about what the other team wants to do. And they're letting the other uh, opponents dictate what they're doing. And they're reacting to that instead of dictating things on their terms. And, and that's the frustrating thing. I think as Packer fans, uh, and that's why it's been difficult to watch for the last couple of seasons. And, and certainly last week was a prime example of that. Spot on. Just do something well on defense. So if you can't stop the run when you're playing kind of in your base defense, figure out a way to stop the run first. Our talented guys, our most talented guys, to your point, are, are, are the defensive backs and our pass rush, right? So what can we do? Make, make them beat us on first and second down throwing the ball. You know, and make them consistently beat Razul Douglas, Jair Alexander, uh, and and our, our um, you know our linebacking core. What, what are you 
take you're going to take your chances on that, aren't you, Dane? Exactly. Well, that's exactly right. Make it make them make them do that, right? Because I have a lot more confidence in that than sitting back and allowing for them to gash us, and then it's third and three, and then what good is it having Jair? What good is it having Razul Douglas if it's third and three and they can just do a little you know chip run or they can do a quick a quick toss that's pretty undefendable in the NFL these days for two or three yards and then just keep the drive going and then you get gassed. It doesn't make sense to do it. I say put the guy up there, take your chances, let them try to beat you deep. Um, I like our odds one-on-one on the outside with the corners that we have in Green Bay. So I, I'm with you entirely, but take away the run and then make them beat you somehow, some, some yeah. other way. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of players on the defense would probably agree that they should be a little bit more aggressive as well. But I, I, I digress. It was one week. We The players need to perform a little bit better, too. And I know that they know that. Um, they've talked about it. So I'm, I'm eager to see a bounce back performance from an execution standpoint this week. And I, I think that's the main thing to me. We can talk scheme. We can talk Barry all we want. But if the players aren't going out there and playing their best, uh, that's, that's, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. So let's tackle better. Let's be clean. Uh, let's, let's be disruptive. Let's not drop interception opportunities that hit, hit us right in the hands. And if those things can get cleaned up a little bit better at the end of the day, things are going to look a lot better on the defensive side, uh, than, than what they did last week. Wags, we're at 53 minutes already. Is there anything else on defense that you want to touch on before we talk about our Leap Spirits X Factors this week and give our score predictions? Uh, no, I think I have really just uh, unloaded a lot off my chest here, Dane. So I am going to let you take the lead on our Leap Spirits X Factors of the week, and you can go ahead and, and nominate your first selection uh, this week. Cool. I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, he's been an X factor already for us, but he's going to be again. It's going to be Devontae Wyatt, defensive lineman, uh, for the Green Bay Packers. A first round pick, second year in the league. Uh, thought he really played well two weeks ago, last week, a little bit up and down. I think he can be dominating. So I want to see him dominate. I want to see him play at that level consistently because we know he can do that. And, and, and quite honestly, that's, that's, potentially the difference between Kenny Clark playing 60 snaps and 35 snaps is if Devontae Wyatt can ball out, right? So um, there's enough talent around him, um, and he shows these flashes. I want to see him be consistent this week and help take over the game, stop the run game, get some pass rush up the middle for this Packers defense, because if he plays really, really well, I think we have a much better chance of winning and stopping this New Orleans Saints offense. All right, so I don't know if we're on defense. Uh, I'm going to take a pick that's technically a defensive player, but I'm going Kayshawn Nixon. I'm, being, I'm expecting Ooh. a special team impact this week. I'm not going to predict a kick return touchdown, but I think he's going to have an opportunity to really give us a nice return and some impact uh, in the return game this week. He's trying to take some chances, returning kicks nine yards deep in the end zone. I think they just want to give him as many opportunities to see what he can do because he was a special return man this last year, and and I don't think anything's changed in particular other than he just hasn't had uh, real good opportunities in the first two weeks. So um, it's not a defensive X factor per se. Kayshawn Nixon plays a lot on the defensive side. I'm more predicting him as an X factor uh, for what he might be able to do for us this week in special teams. Our Lambeau Field opener, and I think he's going to have some type of impact in the kick return game this week. 
That's fun pick. That's a super fun pick. Um, offensively, is there anybody on offense that sticks out or do you want me to go first? Uh, you know, Dane, I said after week one that when I picked Jaden Reed as an app offensive X factor that he would by default be my X factor the rest of the year. Um, I didn't listen to my advice and I went Luke Musgrave last week who was making me look pretty good as well, especially in the first half. For some reason, they went away from him. Uh, Jaden Reed. My default X factor scores two touchdowns last week. Um, so I am just going to have to go back in that direction. I'm going to keep picking Jaden Reed. He's my boy, uh, X factor of the week. Uh, I, I can't sit here and with a straight face say that I expect him to score two touchdowns again this week. Uh, but somehow he's going to find a way, uh, to make an impact, whether that's a big third down catch and conversion. Um, whether that's uh, some nice punt returns, uh, whether that's getting into the end zone on an end around, uh, there's going to be some opportunities. Jaden Reed is someone that just makes impact plays, and somehow, some way, uh, I'm going to just ride the hot hand and uh, stick with Jaden Reed or go back to Jaden Reed, I should say, as my X Factor of the week on the offensive side of the ball. Wags with uh, Wags is Leap Spirits X Factor. Jaden Reed yet again. Wags loves him some Jaden Reed. Um, my Leap Spirits X Factor is also going to be a wide receiver, uh, but I'm going to go with uh, Antavius Wicks. And the reason I'm going to do that is um, I think Romeo Dobbs is going to have some tough sledding against the cornerback one for New Orleans. But if Dontavious Wicks can, can, um, you know, take the top off the defense yet again this week, if he can make a couple plays in the intermediate, um, then, you know, he opens up everything else for this Packers offense and he's cooking then. So especially in some important times early in the game, um, I really liked what he was able to do last week. Wags, I love that shaking off of the, of the defender to take it to the house. He wasn't satisfied just catching the ball. He wanted to score a touchdown. And I think this week I'd love to see him help move the chains and get worked in just a little bit more to the offense as a pass catcher, not just a, not just quote unquote, as a game breaker, but as somebody who, who is, you know, helping move the chains, picking up those six, seven, eight yard receptions as well. And if he's doing that, this offense is humming along, helps Jaden Reed out, helps Aaron Jones out. Of course, it helps Jordan Love out and, and faster to a victory. So my leap spirits X factor for this week, week three, home opener, Dontavious Wicks gets his first Lambo leap as a Green Bay Packer. Love it. All right. So Dan, now it's time, lastly, but not least for score predictions. So folks, throw those predictions in the chat. We've got a couple uh, comments in the Facebook chat here. Wayne Fromming uh, says Lombardi's legends podcast. All I can say is that it's our time to shine on Sunday. John Stone in the Facebook chat says Packers 28 saints, 27, not nail brighter prediction from John Stone. Um, so if we got some more predictions coming in in the chat, we'll get to them, but Dane, I'll, I'll just kick it off. I think this one is going to be a, a more of a defensive battle. Um, this is a Saints team that started slow offensively in both first halves of, of the two games that they played. Um, I, frankly, I don't think they've played two very good teams, uh, so far, uh, but they're two and oh, uh, so you can't take that away from them. I actually think the Saints are a pretty good team and are going to be right in the thick of it in the NFC South at the end of the day. Um, so, uh, but, uh, their, their strength is definitely their defense, um, their offense, uh, they're opportunistic, uh, but I don't think it's, it's a juggernaut by any means. And so, um, if the Packers can 
really, I expect them to really respond uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, scheme or not, I think these players are going to take great pride in bouncing back and just performing at a much higher level than what we saw last week against the Falcons. And so I really expect the Packers defense uh, to play well this week. Uh, and so this, I think, is going to be a lower scoring game. Uh, I do have the Packers uh, getting points or in position to score either through special teams or for a from a defensive turnover that they're able to force. Um, so at the end of the day, I've got the Packers winning this one 20 to 13 over the Saints. Uh, they're going to come back, get two and one, win that home opener against the Saints at Lambeau, take care of business and move on, uh, to week four. Great prediction, man. And, and I, I like that score prediction. I really do. Um, we're in a similar boat. I think Packers put up a little bit more points than that. I think the Saints also put up a little bit more, but I also have the Packers taking care of business, winning the home opener at Lambeau. I have them winning 24 to 17. Bit of a nail biter. It's going to be a close game. They always are in the NFL, but, um, I just, I like the Packers odds this week. I really do. I think that they do bounce back. I think there's going to be a little extra, uh, pep in the step of this defense going into this week. It is a bad taste, like I said. They need to wipe that out. And offensively, Jordan Love seems to be able to take what defenses give him, at least in this limited sample size so far. I'd like to see him continue to grow and build, make some plays, and, and have another couple touchdown strikes for the Lambeau faithful. So for all that reason, 24-17, I think the Packers win, and the Packers go to 2-1 and one on the year. Awesome. So, folks. Thanks so much for joining us this evening. Uh, we had a nice long episode in this preview, or if you're listening to us as you get ready for the game this weekend, uh, either tomorrow or Saturday, we really appreciate you listening along. Please share us with your friends. Uh, jump in and join us. Uh, connect with us on social media. We're on all of the platforms. Uh, so put a really, really and it's your birthday. Happy birthday. Hope you're having a good that. one, brother. Yeah, yeah, no problem. As always, be legendary and go pack. Go, go. pack, go. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack, go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport, and I'll leave it with your good luck. Only thing I will say.